0: Support for the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Really happy to be working with such a great company who have really revolutionized the shaving below the waist game. Guys, we've all been there. Shaving down low has always been a pain, but not anymore with the new Manscaped 3.0 lawnmower. I got mine and wow, I've never felt better down there. It's a waterproof razor so you could use it in the shower, And it also has an LED flashlight, which really is a game changer because it gives you a great view at what you're shaving and it helps you avoid those annoying nicks and cuts. Manscaped is an amazing company and we want you to try it. Now you can get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code BABLE at checkout. So visit manscaped.com and get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you use the code BABLE. That's B-A-B-B-L-E BABLE. Manscaped. Your balls. We'll thank you.
1: And we are live for the 80th episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And clearly, you can tell I'm not Matt Luz Luigi. It's Andrew, G, and Gus again tonight. What's going on, gentlemen? Hey. Happy to be here again. Hell yeah. Well, we, we, we got some, some good news, some bad news. We'll, we'll dive into it all uh, to, tonight. Uh, I guess we could start off with, I guess I want to knock the bad news out of the way. Um, it's spring, and that means that some Yankees are going to get hurt. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things, right? First bit of bad news we, we got this week. We heard Zach Britton had elbow soreness. When he was throwing, and immediately your, your mind goes right to Tommy John. Sky is falling, Chicken Little, right? Good news with Britain, We found out he just had bone chips. I know that's still a significant injury, but compared to him being shut down for the next 18 months, uh, the Yankees can say we, we, we dodged a bullet here. Uh, best case scenario with Britain, what, four to six weeks he shut down, then he starts his throwing program. He's obviously going to miss basically his entire spring training on top of already being late in his, in his plan, having had COVID in, in January. So we may not see him until June, but the good news is we'll have him when it matters the most. Uh, so ultimately, I guess I'll, I'll, throw it out to you guys. What, what are your thoughts on, on Britain and how the Yankees can, can fill the void?
0: It, it sucks. Um, but again, like you said, you know, it's not Tommy John. Um, and this is just kind of a thing that happens. Um, you know, rather than uh, – I think some of the, the injuries that we've seen over the last few years, I think it is just something that's unfortunate. And, yeah, uh, it's delayed. But, you know, thankfully this is why you build uh, depth in the bullpen. Um, and Aaron Boone has already thrown out uh, a few different guys that he thinks are going to be able to cover for Britain um, while he's out. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can, can kind of piece it together. I don't want to go –
2: you know right to like oh it could be a blessing in disguise or anything like it sucks it's one of um our most important bullpen arms and he was oh
1: stop and... it you you hate the guy you're 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 celebrating now
2: i'm kidding no i mean <laughs> i had a mildly casual take about him previously and i like to believe i've learned from it but you know he was awesome and you know tremendously important last year so as long as he gets back before like the meat and potatoes, like the meaningful games, that's all good. And I mean, if he had COVID, he's probably still dealing with some residual effects. So maybe the time will fall. Yeah, he said know, he lost eighteen pounds,
1: <laughs> which is yeah, wild. I mean,
2: that's that's terrifying. And you know, we've seen all sorts of stuff. You know, heart issues and all sorts of stuff that can happen after you have COVID. Um, so you know, it, maybe it'll be good for him to just have some time to get over that. And I mean, you know, you hope that he comes back and it's healthy but in the meantime it does open up a spot and you know we're going to touch on some of the guys who've been performing well in just a moment here but like it opens up a spot and when there's a spot open you get a chance to see people and you know maybe maybe someone else you know who can be important is is revealed to you so you know hopefully he comes back first and foremost but you know maybe maybe some good will
1: come out of it absolutely of course you mentioned we're going to get into some of the guys who had a really good camp so far and who May have been fringe bullpen arms and are now moving up the pecking order to making the opening day roster. But a, a name that I don't think was on anyone's radar and has been nails this entire spring, uh, Lucas Lukey. Right? I mean, 33 year old journeyman, a non roster invite, and has been incredible. And he kind of fits the bill, right? As, as a lefty arm, he's not as power an arm as Britain was with that bowling ball, uh, sinker. But maybe that's an arm they use, or maybe they just throw Justin Wilson up, up the pecking order, right? One spot. And he's now the eighth inning guy, potentially, if not a guy like Darren O'Day, just because again, uh, Wilson is, is a lefty similar to, to Britain. We'll, we'll knock out the other injuries though, real quick. And then we'll we'll get into what's been exciting so far in spring training. Uh, Unfortunately, we heard today, Uh, Luke Voigt that he had uh, some knee soreness he did play today though Um, the report came out that he had it after Tuesday's game so you hope he's okay but it's just something to to watch out for Uh, but the other big blow and again depending on how significant you you deem it because we're talking about probably a third catcher position but uh, Robinson Trinos got hit in the hand by a pitch last night x-rays came back that he has a, a fractured wrist so Team doesn't really know what they're going to do with him. They they're considering surgery. Um, I, I'm guessing surgery probably involves what putting a plate in or a screw or something to stabilize everything, rather than just throw a cast on. But he's probably going to be out for a long time. Uh, now he obviously was on a non roster right deal anyway, so he didn't have a guaranteed spot. But Boone said that he he's doing really well with bringing the catcher room together. Apparently he's been building some rapport with with the pitchers. So that that does suck. Ultimately it probably doesn't affect the opening day roster, but it's something worth worth noting.
2: Yeah. I mean, if they can keep him in the org somehow, like if they can get him into the minors or whatever like that, maybe, but I think, you know, he was probably a long shot between Gary and, and Higgy to make the big league roster. So, but I mean, I guess it also depends on the prognosis and, you know, how long he's not going to be able to play, but, you know, it sucks for him for sure, because, you know, like you said, it sounds like he was doing good work. So if, if if the prognosis isn't bad maybe they could still find a spot for him somewhere
0: yeah um and you know on void i think i'm i'm really not super concerned uh you know think about last year what he was dealing with the the foot stuff i mean the dude was like hauling it around the bases like you could visibly tell that you know whatever was up with that foot was affecting him but he was still i mean dude led the league in homers last year so a little knee soreness mm. you know i i don't think it's Obviously, with the Yankees injury history in the last couple of years, whenever something remotely bad happens, you hold your breath. but you know Voice the kind of guy that at this point, I'm really not too concerned about.
1: yeah, mm-hmm. with, with the boy, you really just hope it doesn't matriculate into to something worse, right? If it's just I, little soreness, little as he needs to get maybe a cortisone shot or take a couple of days off, ice it up, he'll be fine, then then we're in the clear.
2: I think you maybe have to read. The tea leaves a little bit like you know if it's more if it's one of those just like passing a few days worth of something spring training things um but you know in terms of luke voigt like i you know he's had you know the foot thing last year like he had his thing the year previous that like really took him out and he was like unplayable like i don't know i just don't want him i would love to not get in a habit of having him just like play through stuff because eventually it catches up with you but like hopefully it's just a couple days and then it's gone otherwise If they if they if we keep hearing about this, like as the week goes on, like into next week, then I'd probably be a little bit more concerned than I was just today.
1: Ultimately, you hope it doesn't become more of a story than it is right now. Uh, But guys, let's get into some of the stuff that we're excited about. Uh, You heard about this guy, Gary Sanchez. I I don't I'm not I'm not too familiar, but he seems to be hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, What's what's going on with him?
2: You know, I was told any number of things that were not very flattering about Gary Sanchez the last couple months, so I can't imagine why I'd be hearing positive things.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of the same thing that we've continued to hear from pretty much everybody in the organization, uh, Tanner Swanson, Marcus Thames, Aaron Boone, all praising his attitude, his work ethic, and so far it's, it's really shown uh, he's hitting the ball well. Uh, and hopefully he can just kind of continue this and uh, get into the season and, and be the Gary Sanchez that we know he can be.
1: That's the thing with Gary is that he's such an enigma because he's had so many periods of just pure frustration. Uh, you want to pull out your hair, scream at the TV, tell the guy to jump in front of traffic, right? Watching him. But then there's other times where you watch him and he's just so effortlessly good and talented at, at the game of baseball. And Hopefully, we're getting a glimpse <clears throat> in, into what he is actually on track to do this year. Now, is he going to hit over 300? I don't, I don't think there's a chance of that, right? But can he hit 30 home runs if he stays healthy out of the catcher spot? That's ideal, right? You want him to to cut down on his on his errors. Now, the, the pass balls went went down last year, uh, obviously in a shortened season, the raw numbers now. But I think in a, the, a per game, some of his metrics were up. Obviously his pitch framing took a step back. So you need to see him improve there as well on that side of the ball. But ultimately if you can get average defense and above average offense from a catcher, that that's ideal. The thing with Gary, like,
2: and I guess, you know, to his credit tremendously. So like he had such massive expectations given how he first came onto the scene and, um, You know, he's been mostly good. Last year, obviously, he was incredibly bad, and and that was really difficult to watch and really concerning. Um, But he doesn't comment on these things. He doesn't give voice to these things, and he gets such shit for so many different things. And some of it's really not fair. Like, people say, like, oh, he's fat. You know, look at him. He might be, like, a big guy, but he's not fat. Like, there was pieces about him showing up in incredible shape last year. And, you know, last year, the thing... With his defense was, you know, the new stance that he was taking behind the plate. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, Andrew, some of his metrics improved. Some of them were, you know, maybe not as good. But, like, he doesn't give voice to these things. And I feel like, you know, when you have critics, when you have people who are just, like, constantly crying out and constantly commenting on something. and, And the person who their target is, like, doesn't give voice to them. Like, it messes with people's head. So, like, I give Gary tremendous amount of credit for that. And just for, you know, after last season, you know, he wore it. He acknowledged it. He went and played, you know, winter ball. He played, you know, and got some at-bats. He was showing up early to camp and working with hitting coaches and watching film and all these things. Like, he's done I, nothing and but and all mentioned the necessary on the, work. Gus
1: mentioned on the last pod that he was, he met with, what, a speed skater, right? To help with... He- burst yeah, agility like he right so like he's, he, he's clearly putting in the work
2: he had a bad season but he wore it and he he has not commented on any of the critics he's not fat he's like he's just he's been out here doing the work and obviously at some point that has to become regular season and postseason production but like you know i'm very much over the you know the just the stupid criticism like criticize him for batting 200 but don't say like oh he's fat and he's lazy and he's this and, that and the other thing like those, just, those are just have some just substance
1: easy cliches to fall back on because you don't have actual substance to talk about him other than oh he can't hit a slider like great we've heard that one a thousand times right uh, i just think it's so funny how how the narrative on him changed and granted it was completely assisted by aaron judge throwing gary under the bus i don't think he intended to to Dial up this narrative, but he said Gary has the ability to be an MVP candidate. Which, let's be honest, Gary can be fantastic. I don't think he's going to get any MVP votes this upcoming season unless he hits like 40 home runs, right? Um, so Judge was really just trying to instill confidence in his teammate, right? Say, so, hey, look, me and Gary have been coming up through the system our entire careers. Like, I love this guy. He's a brother to me. He's we know what he's capable of. I think he's going to go out and and show it this year, right? Uh, but I think it's so funny how the media took that narrative from how the hell did the Yankees even you know, tender this guy a contract in the offseason to, oh, can Gary say? And they did, they took Judge's quote and be like, can he be an MVP candidate this year? It's just so funny how they were so easily influenced. And the fact that he had hit two home runs at the time and he tacked on another one a couple of days later uh, is it, just furthering that narrative.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, if you look back at, I mean, he got benched in the playoffs, like at the time you were like, well, okay, yeah, I mean, Higashioka is playing really well, and that's kind of the guy, you know, Cole seems to be pitching better. But, like, they benched him in the playoffs, and I think that really – that that will set a fire under anybody. So, I I think – and, you know, they mentioned it on, on the broadcast, uh, you know, one of the other days they were playing, and it kind of hit me like, yeah, they benched him in the playoffs. And, yeah, I mean, that will set a fire under anybody.
2: It's time. Like, he – You know, he's had a bad season. He had a really tough go of it. And he just kept his chin up and is doing the work. And to get back to the actual exciting stuff, like Andrea just mentioned a minute ago, he's hit a couple of home runs and there's lots of optimism. And that is super cool. Like he he hit a, a, a ball. What was it? Maybe his first home run over the. Um, of the spring, just like dead center field over the batter's eye, like Absolute bomb. one of the longer yeah. home runs you'll see at Steinbrenner Field for sure. Like,
1: Well, just... it's funny you say that, and it's funny we're talking about home runs uh, because there's this They're other guy in the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, there, there's another guy in the Yankees who can hit some home runs and uh, the guy in particular I'm talking about hit one last night that I'm not sure has landed back to earth yet, uh, a guy by the name of John Carlos Stanton. Uh, another favorite couple... of, of our boomer fans and uh the months in twitter and months in facebookers uh what do we think about john Carlos Tenton so far what we've seen in spring and what we're going to get from him this year
2: it makes you think back to a couple of years ago when they said like i feel sorry for the baseballs like that's what i think about when i saw his home run from last night like he just literally just tattooed that ball like and um Dude, as a fan, like if you're out there when there's fans out there, you have to be absolutely crazy. Like I've been in stands where I saw like baseballs come, you know, on a line like into my area, and I'm not trying to get in the way of those things by anyone. But like if you're if you're a fan and you're getting
1: in the way of John Carl Stanton line drive, you're just insane. Oh, it happened to me once in college. I went with a uh, a friend who was a a Mets fan to uh, a Mets Marlins game. And we were there early, right? It was the end of the year. So, I mean, he hit this in the wind and the cold of of City Field in late September, right? But we were there for batting practice. He hit a ball that hit off the the facing of the second deck. And, I, I mean, I probably overreacted a little bit. I, I thought it came close to, like, hitting me right in the back of the head. It probably went, like, 10, 15 feet over my head. But it literally went directly over me, hit off the facing of the second deck, and just rocketed. And this is on the ricochet. The ball probably still had you know, 90-mile power velocity to it. I mean, the missiles this guy hits is insane. You can't – I mean, you, you look at the StatCast numbers and you almost can't fathom that that a human being can do can do this.
2: Yeah And I'm, he definitely did do it, I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, I believe StatCast
0: had that uh, particular Titanic home run he hit last night at
1: 115-plus off the bat, which is just <laughs> – just kind of unbelievable. And he went 118 in that home run off Snell in the ALDS last year, right?
2: Yeah, something I like, like
1: that. 500 I mean, feet. This is he several
2: man. of the top like hardest hit balls for Statcast of this. He's era, got a
1: couple like... doubles this spring that are also at 110 plus exit velocity. He's just been ripping I mean, the ball. So,
2: and I guess to get back more on you know the current event, anyway, like you know he hit that that home run um last night he has looked great and uh you know I mean he's it's really it's one thing to watch him in batting practice and he's going to put on a show in batting practice but like there's definitely more optimism and stop me if you've heard this before there is more optimism uh coming into the season we had talked previously about you know his work for strength and flexibility and you know more um you know I guess common sense workout plan coming into the season rather than just, like, lifting like an absolute maniac to be huge. Um, so I'm optimistic about that, and I think just, you know, I mean, coming off the playoffs last year where he was their best hitter by far, like, you just got to keep him on the field, and nothing that we say really is going to be able to change that. You just got to keep him on the field, and I think there's more optimism this year, going into this year, for that to actually happen.
1: If you want to know how how polarizing a guy like Stanton is. Look at that article that dropped in the New York Post the day after his first spring training game, right? So his first game struck out twice. I think the headline was, should the Yankees be concerned about Stanton's slow start? Slow start, that's the kind of thing you say when a guy's hitting one first, first 15 to open up the season. He eight times. I was ready for
2: the New York Post to drop because we saw Chapman pitch for the, uh, the first time last night, and I was ready for the New York Post to be like, Oh, to Chapman only threw 95. Should we be concerned? Like, you know, not everyone's a freak of nature. Get like Garrett Cole throwing 99 miles an hour on March
1: 11th. Like, that's right. right. Or, or Jacob deGrom supposedly throwing 102 today.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> that guy oh is God. just, it's terrifying. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, we'll continue to say it. Stanton, when he gets on the field and stays on the field, he is a special, special hitter. Um, And, you know, hopefully... He can get on the field and stay on the field, so that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of the song and dance. But you know, that's that's all it is right now. Yeah, I mean, we have to
2: give him give him credit for he's doing good work. He said he does think that he'll probably play a little bit of outfield this season. So, and I mean, he's a good outfielder. Like, it's not like you know you're trying to hide him in right field. Like, he's a good outfielder. The other ones who are going to play outfield more regularly are, I don't know, probably better outfielders. But he's a good one, and. Um, he, I think he did say he feels like he's a better hitter
1: now than when he won his MVP. Which the, the responses to that on Twitter were as exactly as you would expect them to be. Oh, well,
0: you know, well, he, he
1: doesn't play. How can he say that? Or, oh, he's pathetic. He can't hit a slider low and away. He can't not swing and strike out. Blah, blah. It's like, I, I think what he meant is he's foundationally, his mechanics are, are locked in. If he stays healthy, he could put up as good, if not better, numbers as he can hit 58, 59 home runs again. Probably not, but. Um, I mean, would it surprise anyone if he went 270 this year with 35 home runs? I Hell mean, no. if
2: he stays healthy, big if. But if he stays healthy, he could literally just like flick his wrists and hit like 20 home runs to right field this year. Like that's Yankee Stadium; it's very friendly dimensions. One, if you hit the ball a mile, then you're going to hit it out of any ballpark. But like, if he just, and especially with his incredibly close stance, like all you have to do is just stay, stay on the field and keep hitting the ball hard and you're going to hit a bunch of them out to right field. Aaron judge does the same thing. He hits them out there. Like just, just get the ball in the air and shoot it down the line. He's going to hit a lot of home runs.
1: Well, well, so the, so to pivot away from some of the, the offensive stars that we've seen so far, obviously Jay Bruce has had a nice spring so far. We mentioned him in the last pod and the role he might play.
2: I said he did hit a couple home runs this week. Yep. So, you know, we had mentioned it. I mentioned it because I don't like Mike Ford. I don't you know, but uh, you know yeah, Mike Ford. Mike Ford's probably sweating a little bit.
1: That's Gus's favorite uh, chat in 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 our Slack channel. It is surprisingly
0: surprisingly applicable. I found um, Mike Ford yeah. nervous, sweating.
1: But yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Bruce is nice, uh, having a nice uh, spring, and yeah, a couple of pictures. One especially, uh, Lozaga looks really good, and this is a guy who the team already, you know, kind of showed that they had a lot of trust in him. You think back to uh, last postseason using him in Cleveland in that high-pressure spot. Um, And with Britain's injury, that could possibly possibly push him higher uh, in that bullpen order.
1: Which is a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you view it, right? Uh, If he's throwing like he is this spring, then hell yeah, I want him in high-leverage situations uh, come the start of the season. But if he just regresses to what we saw in the playoffs last year and the inconsistency we saw from him the past two or three years, uh, then the spring is really just, <laughs> it's yeah, a facade, I mean, It's not right? about
2: talent. It's not about talent with him. He's got a good arm. He's got good stuff. You just gotta, just gotta I show ready to take that next step. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So, so Lewis has had a great spring. I mean, <clears> who are some <throat> other arms that have uh, stood out to you guys and project to be important roles in our bullpen this year?
2: Out of left field, Nick Nelson.
1: I wouldn't say that's out of left field at all. Uh, I, I think he's done enough in enough appearances this year that it wouldn't be a surprise anymore. I mean, everyone's aware of what he's he's done. I, I could pull up the stats, but I'm pretty sure he's at something like eight clean innings without a run, uh, struck Everyone, out at least yeah. one every prayer inning he's thrown. He's looked very good this spring.
2: Yeah, I mean, we were all ready to anoint him after his like initial appearance where he pitched. Whatever it was, like three or four innings, and uh, but I mean he was a rookie, so there was inconsistency there, and it seems like he's got decent stuff. He's not gonna like blow anyone away, I don't think. But I mean the Yankees after they took a step back with their bullpen depth and performance overall last year, um, I mean if he's ready to do that, take the next step, then that's cool. I mean with Britain down, there's gonna be a spot for someone to fill in. So you know, kudos to him. He's doing really well, and Lasagna too, Tony Lasagna.
1: Which, again, those are going to be very important innings and and outs to fill up in in Britain's absence. Now, again, you hope he's back by early June, maybe mid-June, if all goes well. Uh, And the couple games that you would have really needed him in a high-leverage spot, I mean, I can't imagine the Yankees are going to win or lose the division based on Britain's absence for a third of the year you'd hope it doesn't come down to one or two games that they could have won early in the season. But yeah, if, if those guys can, can step up, you, you have a lot of confidence in, in a reduced bullpen. And that's only going to be further fortified when you get someone like Britain back and potentially if they if they're full out in, in the rotation, when Severino's back, maybe we talked about it here. He, obviously, I think the long-term plays, he's still a starter, but if they need an extra Arm and he's not ready till August. Maybe they just use him in the bullpen uh, this year. But but speaking yeah. of the rotation, I, let's talk about what Domingo Herman's done, right? I mean, it doesn't need to be said with the issues he's had off the field, but in his two starts, he's looked phenomenal. Yeah, I think he really looks like
0: a guy coming in trying to prove himself uh, again. Like you said, stuff has been great. He has control um, and. Really looks like he's doing a good job honing. You know, a, a lot of guys can, you know, get up there and just throw and have great stuff, but it looks like he's starting to learn how to pitch, and that's a really important step for him to take in his development as a as a starting pitcher.
2: Obviously, he did a you know, he did horrible stuff off the field. I think there's still stuff that he's working through, and as he tries to come back and you know, apologize and re, I don't know, reprove himself or re whatever himself to his teammates. You know, we've heard a little bit from Chapman and from Luke Voigt and from, you know, Aaron Boone about the efforts that he's making on that front. But I still think based on strictly performance, he's probably you know your pole position leader for that final rotation spot. And I mean, based on his performance, his last season, you know, 2019, then he proved he could do it. And I think if he's ready to take the next step and be more of a pitcher, and, you know, he's got
1: damn good stuff. So, like,
2: kudos to him if he's going to come in here and just take the spot.
1: A very important distinguishment that I guess made that it looks like he's starting to learn how to actually pitch versus just throwing. And he's always a guy who has good stuff. And he won, what was it, 18 games in 2019? And... A lot of that was aided by by run support, right? He had a four-year A and won 18 games against only four losses. That's still, I mean, it's a good year, but it's not by any, by any standards elite, right? As the wins would indicate. Um, so there was definitely some inconsistencies in there, but I think what you've seen in two starts, right? Five innings, just two hits, seven strikeouts, no walks, no home runs. It, again, very small sample size, but it looks like he's really figuring out how to pitch. So use his stuff effectively. Uh, There's a cerebral aspect to pitching rather than just raw talent. So that's going to be something to watch for. But if he is, like you said, Matt, the the leader in the clubhouse, in the pole position for that fifth spot in the rotation, what does that mean for guys like Davey Garcia, Mike King, and Clark Schmidt when he's healthy? It's hard to say. Like uh, we
2: had mentioned it previously, like Domingo Herman probably – and has actually in the past, like excelled in a bullpen role. Um, you know, David doesn't throw like 100 miles an hour. He's still got, you know, really good stuff. So I'm sure he would quit himself very well in the bullpen role. Um, but I mean, if you don't want to do that, then you could just I mean, it would suck for him after he was pitching with the rotation with the big league club for a while last year, but like, you know, he's still really young. You could just send it to triple a and you always do need another starter before too long. Once you start the season. So like, it just depends on, on what role they actually envision for him.
0: Yeah. um, I I do think Davey at this point is, is probably more of a, a rotation piece. Um, But of course, you know, there's uh, always options that you have um, and you can move guys around. And, yeah, I, I am interested to see what they do with Clark uh, when he comes back as well because, you know, he, he we, we know he has uh, such great stuff like his uh, his great curveball. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they consider doing with him as well. Is
1: a six-man rotation potentially something we, we foresee the, the Yankees going with? Now, if you do that, you would have to find a – a way to manipulate it so that Cole is on regular rest and then everyone else just gets an extra day because you're stretching out an extra spot um, while keeping Cole on schedule. I'm sure there's a way that that can be done. It would be unorthodox for sure, but if the Yankees like what Herman and Garcia are both offering and they want to maximize their capability in in the rotation, do we see them potentially uh, using a six-man rotation or piggybacking the two of them together in a start i, I mean what wh- what are we looking at there
2: i think the 2021 yankees are probably more likely than any other yankees team that we've watched in our lifetime to do that and i'd still be
0: maybe a little bit surprised if they actually did it yeah i think again yeah i think i agree um we'll probably see more of a a, a traditional setup with some guys in the bullpen um they have used openers before maybe they'll uh do something like that again um but uh you know again there's still a lot of competition to be done and and roles to establish yet so we'll see how it progresses as the spring goes on
1: definitely going to be interesting to see how boone and and matt blake sculpt a a pitching design uh, a plan for the rotation maximizing the potential and the talent there, but also giving needed rest to, let's say, guys like Kluber and Tyone coming off injury-shortened or injury-completely-evaporated seasons. Uh, I don't think they're going to be gung-ho on them right right from the, the get-go. Eventually, they'll be throwing six, seven innings, you hope, every five days. But at the start of the season, maybe they kind of you know wean them in a little bit. Uh, but having more arms, having a deeper rotation definitely helps that cause. And, and I think it's funny because the Yankees don't line up in terms of frontline rotation like the Dodgers, right? They don't have three Cy caliber starters at the front. I, I mean, technically, you, you can get you an argument that they do in Cole Kluber and Tyon, right? But, I mean, we're not talking about Kershaw, Bueller, and Bauer, right? I mean, that's, that's otherworldly. But the Yankees have this stigma of still lacking in their rotation, and I don't know if that's really going to be the case this year. Now, obviously, injuries would would completely change this narrative, but with what we have now, plus what you're gonna get back from Severino, the development of guys like King and Schmidt over the course of the season, the Yankees have a lot of depth and a lot of options um, in addition to anything that we may you know any mid acquisition.
2: yeah, I mean, it's gonna suck, especially for a couple of those guys who are you know gonna have to be in triple A or you know <clears throat> maybe have to sit in the bullpen for a while, but like they definitely do have options that you know they might not be like flashy and exciting or whatever like you know having bauer and bueller and whatever but like i mean they've definitely got depth and you have some guys like you have mentioned king and schmidt who if they're ready to take the next step and they show like real you know performance as a starter then um you know you have even more depth than you realized and i think they put together a good mix of like you know beyond cole who's just garrett cole you know we have like Kluber, who we're really excited about, you know, veteran was once exceptional, can still, you know, hopefully do it. Tyone, you know, the injury, but was really good. Like you have a lot of you have a lot of a mix of a lot of levels of experience.
0: Yeah, and I think the upside that this rotation can have is is great when you have, like you said, the experience of Cole and Kluber, and then the arm talent of Tyone. And then a couple of the young guys um, or maybe a, another veteran can establish themselves. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Brian Cashman has done about as good as a job as he could of assembling a starting rotation with some really good
1: upside. Considering the financial restrictions, right? I mean, if this was 2003, uh, George Steinbrenner still running the ship, unlimited payroll, go out and get whoever the hell you want, right? Maybe the Yankees' rotation looks different, but they really did want to stay under the luxury tax threshold. And, and I know it's a burden this year, but I'm still hopeful for for it because it means like, really all all you're looking to do is reset your tax standing. And every time the Yankees have done this, they've blown past the 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 cap the the next year, right? So knowing that we have to extend guys like Judge and Sanchez and Torres and Voigt. You know, in the coming years, the Yankees really do want to reduce that tax penalty. Right now, uh, because if they're already repeat offenders, by the time those guys get extensions, now you're paying what is it like three dollar, three times on the dollar or something like that. I think it's originally yeah, it's one to one in the first level, and the second one's like a $1. dollar fifty, and then it goes up even from from there. Uh, you don't want to be in that upper four or five year repeat offender threshold where you're you're paying double the tax money just to be able to maintain your guys. Now, the Yankees in, in a non-pandemic year when everything comes back to normal, will they have the cash for it? Sure, but it's not a good way to do business. And anything that, they, that they're that they not lighting on fire in additional tax money, they could put towards salary and improving the roster even more. So it, it, It's a long game. It kind of hurts us this year. And, and I get the argument against it because you're in a win now mode. Just worry about the, the taxes and whatnot. Get your ring now. And then if you have to look like what we're seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They went all in. On, on some guys, they paid guys like Kelsey and, and Hill and obviously Mahomes, and now their offensive lines decimated after just two Super Bowl appearances in one ring, but at least the fans can still say, well, we got that ring, right? Um, now, the Yankees, I think, are, are trying to walk the tightrope there where they, they can win and not have to have that after effect where a year or two after winning your championship, you're turning over a lot of your roster because you simply can't afford to keep them. All.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, Yeah, it seems like they do have a plan. Obviously, it's annoying if your mindset is like, oh, the Yankees just spend everything. But, like, there's only one team that's really doing that, and that's the Dodgers right now. So, like, you know, the Yankees do as good a job as anyone in terms of, like, I think since whatever it was, maybe about, like, 2015, they fully reloaded. They had some prospects show up, you know, like Aaron Judge and whatnot. Like, they had a team... After, you know, the old guard had left and they fully rebuilt and reloaded the team, basically didn't win less than like 80, 85 games. And they've done all that. And now they're, you know, still competing and managing their payroll. Like, I think Brian Cashman is as well equipped as anyone to do it. People hate him. I still, for the life of me, don't understand why. But people hate him um, as he's kept the team competitive while managing all manner of circumstances over the last several years.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. Like you guys covered it all, you know, they've been uh, through kind of a, you know, as much of a rebuild as you can do while still being the Yankees. Um, And, you know, they're, they're very well set up. So uh, excited to see what happens the rest of the spring Um, and uh, excited for another year of Yankees baseball.
1: I think that's a, it's a perfect spot right there to, to call this a, a podcast. All right, for for Andrew, G and Gus, thanks again for uh, for joining us, Gus. Uh, this is the Bronx Bomber Babel Podcast. Catch you next time.